What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. And boy, oh boy, do I have some exciting news for you. That exciting news, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. No, I'm just kidding. That's not exciting news. The exciting news, you can do that and leave a review. Um, I read the reviews. I either, I either go to sleep happy or I cry myself to sleep, depending on what you write. So don't be a jerk store about it. Uh, but the exciting news is that every Monday, starting today, February 11th, we're going to do Mock Draft Mondays. And joining me right... Ryan, feel free to insert a noise of your choice. Hog. <laughs> That's Ryan Wilson honking and Chip Patterson with uh what was the shout you just gave? Feel free to give it again. Uh oh just I was just hitting the air horns. Yeah, oh, okay. we'll we'll come I'm sure that in the process of rolling out mock draft Mondays, we'll have all kinds of uh you know C plus B minus level sound effects that we'll come up with on the fly. Abs oh no, absolutely. Look, I gotta I gotta tell you so Ryan <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan is on this podcast every week. Um, and multiple times per week and, and was going to be on the pod, was slated to be on the podcast for prospect talk at once a week. This is basically going to be that prospect talk, I think, Ryan, unless there's some special one-offs, you know, like you're at a pro day and we need to bust that out. Like, like if we, would they fly you out to Oklahoma for Kyler Murray's pro day? We'll probably do a spinoff on that. They'll send me on a bus trip to the Syracuse pro day for sure. Uh, maybe they'll say, you know what you should do? Come down to the NC State, Duke, and Carolina pro days. You can stay at my house. Or stay at, stay at my parents' house, either one. But or yeah. Chip's house. I haven't seen Chip in a while. I wouldn't mind staying with Chip. Yeah. So you can come down and, uh, Chip and I are actually, after this podcast, gonna go get dinner with Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, uh, college basketball writer. And, uh, and Chip and Chip and I at some point will do this live in Raleigh and maybe we'll Skype Ryan in. Maybe we'll go to like a brewery or something like that and have Ryan's face on like the big screen and people can come and listen to that. That'd be very exciting. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a really good idea. For people that don't already listen to Chip's podcast, you should be. It's the Cover 3 podcast with Chip, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, and friends. And um, you mentioned the low-level sound effects. You actually have high-level sound effects on there, including your weekly Locks podcast, where you have some sort of weird Frank Zappa-esque tune in which you're like, come get these locks. Have you heard that yet, Ryan? Have you ever heard that? Not yet. Never I will listen. hear it right after this show. Never listen to Chip's podcast. Wow. that's a. I like Chip in person. That's the best. We used to do the draft probably three or four years in a row. We would go yeah. to Redneck City, and I would just annoy the crap out of him for three days, and then he would leave quietly, and I would look forward to the next year spending a couple of days with Chip. Was 2013 your first draft? No. no. 11. Yeah, that's right. No, 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 no. I was, my first draft was 11. You were there, you were there because, uh, the banana Hefeweizen. Was that, was we 11 were, the banana Hefeweizen? I think so. I think 12 was, to start, we, Chip was in charge of buying beers for me and, uh, Ryan, were you there? When you got the banana? 11, I was there, but I feel like I, you won't believe this, but I was probably sick. Mm. Or just, just chose not to. I don't, I don't think you were, I don't, I don't think you were at CBS in 11. No, 2011 I wasn't. You're right. 2012 I was there. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So 2012 would have been your first draft. 2011 was my. I don't. Chip, were you at the draft? I think. I think 2012 was your first draft with me, Chip. There. You did Thursday in a New York in the New York studio, right. and then no, either no, no, on Friday no. or Saturday you came over. No, that so was, that was 2012. That, that would have been 2012, or maybe 2013, yeah. because no, in fact, that was 2012 because it was the Russell Wilson draft year. There you go. Because uh, Pete bet- Most people said Andrew Luck and RG3, but sure. Well, Pete Prisco claimed that uh, Brock Osweiler would be better than Russell Wilson, and I told him I don't think so. Well, the jur- this, they're not done yet. <laughs> That's just a fair point. Both have Super Bowls. 
one Super Bowl apiece. Uh, anyway, so for this week's, uh, this today's podcast and every Monday, we're going to do Mock Draft Monday. Insert crazy music here. Um, and we will proceed to go through the, we will go through the picks. Uh, we will add, bring people in. I think the expectation is that we're going to have six people for this podcast. Three felt a little more simplistic and a little more realistic. So we're going to fire off with three. If you got somebody at the CBS family you like, you want to tweet us and tell us that they should join in on the podcast. By all means, do that. Follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS. Follow Chip. Did you chase it's Chip underscore Patterson? Is that right? That is correct. And, uh, me at Will Brinson. Of course, the podcast at pick six pod on all our social channels. Let's, uh, let's dive in. And to do that, we're going to give Chip the first pick because I know who Ryan would probably go with. Um, I know who I would go with because my mock drafts come out every other week. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock, Chip. Um, they have a lot of needs. Offensive line is a major need. Um, certainly, uh, you know, they have a quarterback, but they need some help at wide receiver moving forward. Um, but they have plenty of holes on the defensive side of the ball. And really, I think you could make a case that the Cardinals should just go best player available, uh, first overall if, you know, provided you think that the best player is there well i think the the other side of air raid is that with the defense you know that you're going to give up yards but what matters is creating havoc plays and what matters is being able to uh, come up with big stops on third down and get off the field and that's why nick bosa is just like a no-brainer best player available but also like that is how an air raid team can be a championship team is a team that relies on sacks, tackles for loss, strips, like big game changing plays because just the nature of the defense going up against an air raid offense, you're just going to give up some yards. But if you're holding them to field goals and if you're causing turnovers, then you're giving the ball back and, and you're getting that kind of advantage. So I, I don't think they should overthink this. Nick Bosa is good. I think he's going to be everything Joey is at the next level. Well, that's he was everything Joey was at Ohio State. And I think he's going to be everything Joey is at the next level. That's the thing is if you think that you're getting Joey Bosa 2.0, you cannot pass on him. And by, by the way, like TJ Watt I think would go higher than he would than he did in, when he was drafted. People were like, ah, there's no way he can be JJ, and he might not be, but he's a pretty effective defensive player. I think he's, and I think Bosa, Nick Bosa, given how well he played at the college level, Ryan, uh, no brainer at number one. Is there anything that could happen in this process that could shake him out of that top spot? Well, I mean, actually, I'm curious what Chip thinks about this because he's hardcore college football all the time. Quentin Williams sort of came out of nowhere in that he was behind Deron Payne last year, so he didn't get to play a lot, and then he just went gangbusters. Chip, do you see, is there any way that you would take him first overall? Because when you watch him play, you're like, okay, this guy has literally zero holes in this game. He has built himself to that, and I think that Nick is more freaky. And where, like, if you're if you're at the two or three spot and you're going to take Quentin – you're going to know that you're going to get a worker. I mean, he started out uh, as a defensive end, and then he moved inside. And then check this out. In preparation for Oklahoma, dropped weight so that he could be more agile chasing down Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so committed to learning his craft and to doing whatever it takes so that he can be the perfect fit in a defensive line. Uh, so nice, humble, talks a lot about his teammates, speaks frequently about what Deron Payne and the rest of those dudes did to teach him on how to be a pro and a better player. So I don't think there's any downside to Quentin Williams, but I do think that there is like a next level freakiness. You can't coach that aspect to Nick Bosa. Well, um, I will put you on the clock, Ryan Wilson. Then you can have, you want the number two pick or you want to go number three? I'll take number two. All right, you can go number two. That'll be our order. We just drew it right now out of a hat. Um, and look, I, I'm with you. Quentin Williams is a stud. I do think that if you look at the Cardinals' defensive line with uh, Robert Kimdichie and Corey Peters still there, at least on the inside, 
the addition of a, uh, a Nick Bosa type to complement Chandler Jones, you have to be thinking, all right, look, if we can put Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones and Robert Kimdichie on our defensive line and we have Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker on the back end and they just signed Robert Alford as a free agent, I mean, all of a sudden, like, we got a little something, something on the, on the, on the defensive side. So maybe that's the, that's the process there. That team was eight and eight two years ago without a quarterback. So I think it's just sure. Steve Wilkes came in and, and did everything the exact opposite of the way they should have been doing. And now handsome Cliff Kingsbury is going to fix everything. Yeah, he's, he's certainly going to be good looking while he does it. What about the San Francisco 49ers? They're on the, they're the second team on the clock. I knew that. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Three of the last four years, they've taken a defensive lineman, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas. And those guys have, uh, really stood out and they desperately need an, in, uh, an edge rusher. I'm going with a yeah boy, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. I, uh, I had that in my mock draft as well. Chip, is there any reason to think that Josh Allen, uh, is like, is he a modern day pass rusher? Do you buy into this? Uh, like modern day, like you can move him around, like he's flexing, like he, I mean, like he's he is lives. He Renaissance man, Chip, is that, that's what Brenton's asking. Is he currently alive in the modern day? And does he rush the passer? No, I mean, like he's not. He's not like a traditional like stand up four three defensive end. Is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I mean, he's an outside linebacker. Kentucky yeah. listed him as an outside linebacker on the depth chart, and uh, he's a stud. I mean, he's that's a guy unlike Quinnen Williams, who exploded more over the last season. Josh Allen has been steady and consistent for almost two and a half years. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Like, is it, can he move around? Yeah, sure. Because he had to be everything for that Kentucky defense. So uh, no, no downside there. The and, uh, Chip, I think he put on 15 pounds of muscle last year. I think the best thing he did was coming back, right? Instead of coming out last year. Yes, absolutely. I, I kind of view the 49ers as a team that might have some decent Super Bowl value at like 35 to yeah. one. Um, if Jimmy G, healthy, sure. yeah, you add a pass rusher to that mix. Jimmy G gets healthy, slow down things on the on that defensive line, and the offensive line takes a step forward. There's pass, there's a receivers getting in. trade for Antonio Brown. Give up a seventh round pick for Antonio Brown. Hope he didn't get suspended for his latest domestic running. Um, yeah, all those things work out pretty well. All right, I'm on the clock with the New York Football Jets at number three, and I'm going to take the guy we already talked about, Quinnen Williams, defensive lineman out of Alabama. I think that um, what you kind of see with Quinnen Williams, at least from my perspective, I don't want to say Aaron Donald. I did, that's that's an easy, cheap comparison that people like to do for anybody with speed at the defensive tackle position. But he does have a lightning fast first step. He's super strong, and you mentioned that you know he he you know, changes the um, changes his weight depending on who he's you know depending on who he's playing and 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 his, his dedication to his craft. I think that with where the Jets are and all the losses that they're taking on the defensive line. Henry Anderson, um, uh, Steve McClendon, Brandon Copeland, all are uh, all are free agents. They need some bodies up front to go with Leonard Williams, and I think Quentin Williams, Leonard Williams, a nice little Williams Williams a Williams combo that that probably won't have a good catchy nickname. What do you think about that, Chip? Mm, I mean, like the Quentin will be uh, a ten year pro minimum. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm so confident is, that he is, is three too he, high for him. Uh, no, okay. not too high because ultimately who else are you talking about for game changing interior defensive linemen? There's no one else. I mean, it's it, Gary. It edge rushers. It gets a little bit, you can Eddie, see, Eddie Oliver. What about that Chip? At all. Dude. Why is it Oliver? Well, mm, I'm not going to spoil my mock drafts for later, no, 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 but, fine. uh, I, I might think that the gap between Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver is not as far as what I've seen from the early mock drafts, but that is not, 
speaking poorly on Quinn and Williams. I think Quinn and Williams is accurately uh, here in the top five. And I think that I'm surprised and we'll see what happens, but that Ed Oliver has fallen out of the top 10. Mm, interesting. Um, is this a, it, Ryan, do you think this is a fair top three? Like, is this the, yeah, I mean, like, great. but is I think this a big wild card? And I would actually be interested in what Chip thinks. Cause he's seen a lot more over the course of his career is, um, is Josh Allen sustainable? I mean, you mentioned the right. last two seasons, but I think last year was really his sort of breakout year in terms of the weight gain and, and the athleticism and what everyone sort of saw him do consistently. That would be my biggest concern. Can he do it from one play to the next? I feel really comfortable about Bosa, obviously, and really comfortable about Quentin Williams on a play-by-play basis. But can Josh Allen turn it on every play and be a disruptive force every play? That would be my question, but I'm still taking him top three, given what I saw last year. Mm. I Interesting. I think, you know, I try to put myself in his head and it must be tough when you're so much better than everybody else at Kentucky, Mm -hmm. just knowing that you got to run twice as hard to get across the field because of that missed tackle. I, did you see that on tape? Cause to be fair, like Kentucky as a team that you're following closely didn't happen at all until 2018. Like this has been, uh, you know, not to go too far into college football, but the Kentucky Mark Stoops example is supposed to say this is what happens when an athletic director doesn't move quickly and get an itchy trigger figure, finger to fire a coach that you allow him to establish an identity. Stoops established the defensive identity. So I don't I can't I can't say that I recognize consistency issues. If you want to just throw out there that you think that in general he has already played his best ball and that ultimately he is a two-star recruit and that will be exposed when he gets into the NFL, then I would say, okay, I'm not going to bet that. I'm going to bet on continued success. But that would be my concern is that he's revealed to be uh, a system linebacker, if that makes sense. But like someone who has just been put in a a great position to succeed and that when the talent level uh, really starts to get tight and the greatness is measured at the margins – yeah, I don't know if he's going to end up on the plus side of that. Let me ask you this, Chip. I, I think call him lazy, Ryan. Just call him lazy. Do it right I here. Think own like, it. Um, and you can actually weigh in too, Brenton. The next best linebacker out of Kentucky in terms of athleticism was probably Bud Dupree. Yes, I feel like Josh Allen is going to be much, much, much better than Bud Dupree. How good has Bud Dupree been at the pro level? He's been uh, slightly above average. I would give Bud Dupree a. If you were grading the Steelers' draft pick of Bud Dupree right now, you'd give him a C minus plus. C plus. C plus, okay, C plus is fine. That's not great. I mean, that's not great. They, right. Fantastic athlete, just yeah. hasn't lived up to the expectations. But and I don't think, and you watched him in college more than I did. Allen was better than Dupree in college too. Would you? Would you what? Say? Allen, Allen was the the best defensive player in the SEC this year, and it wasn't. There was no doubt about it. I mean, he was. He wasn't think, better than Quentin Williams. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Wow. But yeah, but 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 Dupree, by the way, is and he's gotten better. He's only twenty five, man. Um, he was twenty two when he got drafted. I forgot about that. But he's he only has twenty sacks in four seasons. That's not <laughs> not ideal. TJ had thirteen last year. Who did TJ Watt? Yeah, were they the same draft class? No, no, no. But just saying that he's only been, TJ's been there two years. Oh, right, because yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then yeah, but but God, I mean, how many sacks did Josh Allen have last year? A ton. And a lot of tackles for loss too. I don't have because Bud Dupree had twenty five and a half coming out. Bud, Bud Dupree was a much bigger projection. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I think he was rawer. Well, I mean, he, raw. I mean, he was. He came out at like age twenty one or twenty. I mean, he was. He was very young. Um, 
Or maybe he's even younger than that. Whatever. Anyway, the point being is that Bud Dupree had a bigger projection. I would anticipate Josh Allen has a, a, better, a more successful track record. But Chip, Chip does have a point. There could, uh, you know, there is, there is some concern there. How about the Oakland Raiders, Chip? You, you're on the clock with them at number four. We've generously given you this top spot because it gives you not just Arizona with a layup with Nick Bosa, but then the Oakland Raiders at four who have holes literally anywhere. You could take anything. You could take anyone. You would do, you, you could take, right, you could take right. Daniel, like anything would be on, on the table for the Raiders. Like if you want to take, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, um, uh, Ryan Finley for, Jac- for Brinson. Yeah, take Ryan Finley at four, Jacoby Myers, whatever you want to do. Anything is on the table with the Raiders. Nothing, no pick. The, the Raiders fans are like, what are you talking about? Why would we take him there? It's like, what do you, what do you mean, Raiders fan? You don't know what John Gruden and Mike freaking Mayock are going to do. They can go any direction with these three picks. I tell you what, I want a football guy that's winning <laughs> championships and this guy won two of them in college. Cleland Farrell. From Clemson. See, I, Cleveland Farrell, by the way, is going to be a joy of a quote. You guys are going to love him. If you're at any draft stuff or if you're at anything that has media availability for Cleveland Farrell, just go post up because he is amazing on the mic. He's got a ton of personality, so much swagger. He has all these different victory dances for his sacks. And I mean, you, you just know that Mayock is going to love his measurables. Like, right? Like, he's just, he is going to absolutely lose his mind mm. at the potential. And he's, he's a stud player. And when I think about a Raiders team that needs to get defensive playmakers, and, and maybe this is, you know, me showing a little bit of my own personal flavor <laughs> going Nick Bosa and then Cleveland Farrell. But I, I think that that is something that is, is really, uh, dynamic, and if you want to change an entire football team, which is tough in an 11-man sport, I think Cleveland Farrell is one of those like value equals 1.5 uh, of your regular player. I, I'm going to give you a um, I'm going to give you a C for your John Gruden impression, but I'm going to give you a B plus for your impression of Frank Caliendo doing a John Gruden impression. That's the key it. is the key is just what you say. <laughs> Ult- ultimately, oh, yeah. you just got to get you got. It's like the old SNL. Like most SNL impressions aren't good, but it's, it's what you're saying and whether it catches. That's a good. That's fair. It's like you go this guy, this guy right here, Mike. <laughs> this guy, this guy is a football guy. He knows how to play. Um, I like I like Cleveland Farrell there. I'm fine. That's that is by far the highest. I think that Ryan, you've had a, a Clemson draft lineback or draft uh, Clemson defensive lineman go in any mock draft, right? I think so. And Chip, let me run this by you because here's the beef that people have with Cleveland Farrell. I don't have this beef after talking to folks, but uh, his ability to consistently bend around the edge and get after the quarterback. He's sometimes a little stiff. How do you feel about that? Mm, t- that's really tough for me to know. I mean, that's like when we're talking about like, is he stiff or like hips? Like I, <laughs> I see production. I see what about ankle flexion. I, I, I see opposing. This means more to me. Opposing offensive lines and opposing offensive coordinators were very, very concerned about where number 99 was. And there was a lot of – The rest of that um, defensive line? Yeah. And yeah. He, was, he was the edge rusher that they were the, the most concerned about. Austin Bryant, number seven, was often lined up on the other side. Austin Bryant's a very, very, very good player, but they were not as concerned about Austin Bryant as they were about Cleland Farrell. The damage that Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins did in the middle, well, that's just – that's stupid. I mean, it's stupid that Clemson had that much talent on the field at all. But the other teams, you saw them scheme in a way that they were going to try to make sure that Cleveland. I mean, he can bat balls down. Uh, he can go. He can stand up on the edge, or he can put his hand in the dirt. Those his that that those arms are just really uh, havoc causing arms out on the football field. Can, I, I'm sold. Yeah, I'm fine with top four for Cleveland. I think that makes makes a ton of sense. If you like him, top four, he can go top two. 
I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, sure. like, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the the 49ers could could feel more comfortable with Clee Farrell well, over Josh Allen. Well, that's sort of what I'm thinking. It's like, remember, they took Solomon Thomas uh, in two years ago when the you know that trade with the Bears and they got Trubisky and and you do like Solomon, you know, like you don't. If you're the 49ers, you sort of want a guy who could maybe come in and be an impact guy out of the gate, and Cleveland Farrell might have more upside to be a pure pass rusher. Or not, not a pure. I think the concern with Josh Allen is like, all right, he might be Vic Beasley or Bruce Irvin, right? Like he could come in and be a, a great pass rusher, but can he do everything else? Whereas I think Cleveland Farrell you feel comfortable with because of his uh, his, his length, lengthy amount of time. Uh, Ryan, let, me ask you real, let me ask you real quick. Sure. Uh, Bradley Chubb or Clee Farrell? Chubb, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Go home. I guess, You're I guess drunk. Chip hung up. I, I, I think that Cleveland Farrell might have been drafted ahead of Bradley Chubb last Ooh, year. Ooh, I love it. My love it. Wow. Taking shots at the, uh, the guy, the, the Chubb fan that you're eating dinner with in a few hours who is also wearing an Old Spice shirt in honor of Bradley Chubb. That's, uh, when, when, did, when did the Broncos draft? Like 19, 20? Where was it? He was, well, he, he, was he was fifth. Fifth? <laughs> oh. That's a, hey, look, he just went fourth. Hey, 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 hey. Let me run that back, guys. Bradley Chubb definitely getting drafted ahead of Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> Cleveland Farrell came out. I, for some reason, I had that Broncos pick down at 19 or 20, and I was going to say that if Cleveland had come out last year, he still would be top 10. I, I, by the way, that's a nice little window into, uh, I think that like this whole conversation is a nice window in like the writer's soul in terms of like what you do in the offseason. Like Chip's like, Chip's like, look, I covered Bradley Chubb for four years. He just got drafted, or like he just went to the combine, and I'm letting him go, and I'm moving yeah. on to I'm moving on to the rest of the college guys. You know, since there are 150 teams, I got to write about on a on a on a on a weekly basis. I'm with, I'm with you. Like I don't like I'm like all right, uh, yeah, I love Rashawn Gary and everything that he can do. I know lots about Rashawn Gary, as far as you know. All right, Ryan, you're on the clock at number five with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking Chips guy. Edward Oliver. Wow. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the thing on, we talk about every week, Brenton, uh, he's short. He doesn't weigh enough. He's not going to play over the center in the NFL. He'll move outside a little bit and he'll be a terror. I mean, I don't know how you block him consistently as a nonstop motor, so on and so forth. And, um, the, the, uh, Bucks defense is terrible. So I don't know why he wouldn't be a great fit there. Uh, they added Carl Nassib via free agency, but he, you know, I mean, he, Financial advisor Carl Nassib. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The Lincoln, Lincoln financial uh, expert Carl Nassib. Carl, Carl financial Carl Nassib. Um, Vinny Curry, they traded or they signed a free agency. They traded for Jason Pierre Paul. They drafted Vita Va. Is, I could never pronounce his name right. I don't care. Uh, they, they could potentially get rid of Gerald McCoy, the uh, 2010 first rounder and perennial all pro. He is not a, a guarantee to be on this roster. Uh, next year, I don't think if you look at, if you look at his contract, um, he would have, uh, no, I don't think there's any dead money. There's no, no dead money. Is that, can that be right? No dead money. That's what his deal. I'm not looking at, uh, let me think of Gerald McCoy. Sorry. Um, anyway, yes. And moving, moving the transition to Todd Bowles system, Ed Oliver as a sort of hybrid defensive tackle, edge rusher type of guy could make a lot of sense. That's what I'm getting at. Do you know what really helps uh, concerns about motor? A salary and getting oh. paid for what you're doing and not carrying the whole hopes and dreams of a football program in a massive metro area where you grew up. 
He was the first five star to sign with Houston. He like the the world of expectation was put on his shoulders. Major Applewhite was a jerk. So of course <laughs> there might have been some times where Ed Oliver was like, Man, F this. I've got no problems with that. I've got no concerns about the uh the coat gate and the sideline uh <laughs> temper tantrums. I've I I just really feel like he gave enough to Houston. And he knew what time it was, and it means that it was time for him to take his talents to the next level. No problems well, with that. So, Chip, uh, when um, he's in the combine doing interviews, how does he answer the question about Puppy Coat Gate? Uh, how how should he answer it? That yeah, dude, yeah. that dude's name is Major. You want me to talk to a guy named Major? Please, he wasn't even in the army. That's how you answer it. Uh, or you could say like, uh, <laughs> why, why don't you call him up and ask him? He's unemployed now. Yeah. He got fired. Major got fired by Army. Why don't you go ask him? Army Dude, got Army got Major fired. How 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 are you going to take the side of a man who's going to let Army run up seventy <laughs> yeah, in a bowl game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, that's the answer right there. Maybe if he hadn't messed with my coat, I would have been out there stopping <laughs> Army for him. How about that? Um, uh, yeah, right. I, I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I question think, asked, question answered. Yeah, his name's Major, sir. Um, I, I like Ed Oliver there. I think it's fine. It is weird how the beginning of the year, it's like Ed Oliver's a surefire number one pick and possible Heisman candidate. And now it's like, is Ed Oliver going to go in the top 10? Well, he only played a handful of games. By the way, Gerald McCoy, no dead money left on his deal. No guaranteed, like they can cut him. Nothing. And no, no dead cap hit. So that is, uh, they would say $13 million. He is 31. And I don't know that he's a perfect fit for Bowles' system. Maybe he is. Uh, he's just a good player. But if, if, if Gerald McCoy gets cut, then I think that increases the likelihood that the Buccaneers would draft a defensive player there. All right, we're moving very slow in terms of this mock draft, and that's fine. We'll pick it up. Um, I'm on the clock with the New York Giants. I'm going to take uh, Josh Jacobs running back out of Alabama. Are you seriously doing that? <laughs> no, I'm not. I just think it's funny. Like, um, I, I think <laughs> um, as I've and Jacobs back to back, that would be something. All right, uh, you know what? For the sake of conversation, uh, I will draft Dwayne Haskins, although I don't think that Dave Gettleman is going to take a quarterback in this draft. Chip, is Dwayne Haskins the best quarterback coming out of college? Without a doubt. Putting, uh, putting Daniel Locke, putting Daniel Jones and Drew Locke uh, that as close to Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> this is a bad as idea will. for Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just uh, disrespectful. They are going to get drafted oh, closer I, I, to Dwayne Haskins than they are in terms of just like overall, like how close are you to Dwayne Haskins? I thought you meant like at the combine, putting those two physical beings that close to Dwayne Haskins was bad news for them because they were going to be like, like they're going to be there in their underwear and it's Daniel Jones who's going to look like your, your buddy, you know, your buddy in like in ninth grade next to Dwayne Haskins who is a monstrous man, but not necessarily a big runner. I don't know if you knew this, Ryan, didn't run a lot in college. Did, I I've, think they're setting up SAS. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Who is uh, doing that this? would be that would be a bad look for uh, Drew Locke for sure. Drew yeah. Locke is uh, Drew Locke plain clothes, not particularly impressive. That boy can spin the pill though. I mean, like you watch yeah. him work out and it's awesome. You totally understand it. But I I be, I have Dwayne Haskins as like a tier one quarterback prospect, and I I think it is a sharp cliff uh at, down from there. Mm. All right, so you uh you also like the Giants taking uh Haskins, Ryan. I know that you've mocked that. Yeah, I mean what's what's plan B? Eli Manning forever? Yes, I don't understand. Yes, Why wouldn't you Eli think? Manning forever? You bring him back this year, Eli, if that's what you're set on doing, Dave Gettleman, but you need a plan B and I think you just sort of back to the future with two thousand four when they had Kurt Kurt Warner and Eli Eli Man uh, Eli Manning and then five or six or seven games to the season you go from Kurt to Eli and 
off you go. Well, remember last year, we're like, ah, oh, the Giants, you get a number two pick. You never get this opportunity. It's like, oh, actually, they're going to get it the next year because they have the, uh, they have, they have the, much uh, worse options. The six pick chip. You were on the clock, um, with number seven and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You may be sad that the top rookie quarterback just got snaked in front of them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they are. Uh, but the good news is that, uh, they've, they've been watching probably some SEC. It's probably a lot of Gata fans. And, uh, and they'll figure out a way to root for Greedy Williams because Greedy Williams is a, like, don't, he's, he's, he's a don't throw. His statistics, people who fill out their All American team by only looking at the number of passes defended and interceptions are completely ignoring, uh, top performances by corners that were quarterbacks just refused to throw the ball their way. And Greedy Williams was one of those players for two straight seasons. Wait, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Does, am I to understand that Greedy Williams has no stats? He does have stats, but he doesn't have as many interceptions and passes defended as uh, somebody else who would get the ball thrown their way more often. I went to – oh, you know what it probably is? Because his name is not actually Greedy, right? You can't actually – it's uh, his first His first name is not Greedy. Is that is, is it Greedy? Is it's Andres, I think. It's Andres. It's his, real, his, his, birth, his given birth name is not Greedy. Like he wasn't, right? Cause I, I went to sports reference. It was like greedy Williams. I was like, Oh my God, this guy has no stats. He's only a, man, he's young, isn't he? I mean, he was, he was a sophomore and he was one of the best cornerbacks in the SEC. And then he was a junior and he was one of the best cornerbacks in the SEC. And as soon as he's been draft eligible, he's been ready to go. He's a guy who coming out of high school, they saw him doing workouts, covering wide receivers and underwear. And they're like, Oh no, that guy's. That guy can cover anything. Green Williams can cover anything. My hot take? Yeah. I like Byron Murphy better. Ooh. Chip does, Why? Not, does not care for your hot take. I think he's more consistent. So here's the thing, and you know this, uh, the, the knock, quote unquote, the greedy is insanely athletic. No one doubts that. But sometimes it seems like he didn't really care. And maybe that goes back to your Ed Oliver theory about, hey, if you pay me, I'll care a lot more. But I just don't know, how does that translate? What, what's the impetus behind Occasionally taking plays off and occasionally looking disinterested. Whereas Byron Murphy to me seemed like he was on every play. Yeah, I, listen, you got to be careful. Chris Peterson will trick you. He's got a lot of tryhards out there. Uh, <laughs> try, tryhards, tryhards, uh, tryhards can win you Pac-12 titles, but they don't win you Super Bowl. <laughs> you can't. I, I'm, I'm such, to Jake Browning. Yeah, I'm such a talent first guy and like freak athleticism that it's just greedy. Yeah, that's greedy Williams for me. Um, all right, on the clock at number eight, Ryan Wilson, you are your boy, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, my favorite coach. Not in just the NFL, but in all sports. He's taking Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. Woo! Picking him outside, letting him play off the edge, letting his athleticism do its thing, and uh, hopefully he'll have a lot better career than he did at Michigan. Doesn't it feel like uh, they do that a lot? Take Michigan guys, or they're always like early in mock draft season. Michigan guys are always t- always tied to like Lions players. Is that true? I just feel anecdotally it feels that way. Um, I'm fine with that. I had uh, in my last mock, I had Rashawn Gary going uh, number four to the Raiders, so I'm I, I am perfectly fine uh, with him going here to the Lions. And I had Cleveland Farrell basically had them flipping spots, but I think I think that tells you a lot about this draft class in general is that. There's a lot of defense up top, and you know you're going to be hard pressed to find like these offensive guys are going to rise into it. 
Yeah, you're taking a lesser prospect if you're like, oh, well, we need uh, an offensive receiver. tackle. Yeah. You're like you're you're dropping way down in the prospect rankings to yeah. fill your team need. Yeah, and unfortunately for NFL teams who need offense, this is a defense heavy uh, free agent class as well. So that should be a blast. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll speed through the rest of this mock draft. Being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes. It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondry's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okie doke. I'm on the clock with the uh, Buffalo Bills. We have no problem. Rashawn Gary to the Lions. Quick. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to recap it. You can go back and listen to the thing if you just showed up. That's your own problem. Uh, Buffalo Bills. By the way, who's doing that? Who's showing up 20 minutes to a podcast? I don't know. That's why I'm not going to recap the you top three. <laughs> I'm not going to recap the top, nah, top That's eight. That's what my dad would do. Yeah. What the hell? You need to tell me who the top eight picks were. I just showed up. Um, I'm going to give the uh, Buffalo Bills an offensive lineman, and I'm going to give them Jonah Williams out of Alabama. I know that Jawan Taylor has gotten some buzz as maybe the top drafted offensive lineman, but I got to I got to see I got to see some more stuff. I'm going to I'm going to stick with the tried and true. Is that crazy chip to go with the Alabama offensive lineman there? No, he's the best tackle in the draft class. And, and, and by the way, before the break, you pointed out. <laughs> If you need, if you need a prospect from it, you're, you're passing up better players in order to take a position of need. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he's the best offensive tackle out there and, uh, he's going to be, he's, he's going to be really good probably for seven to eight years and, and then he's going to go and sell, uh, real estate in Tuscaloosa and then make tons of money that way too. Sounds like a good way to live life. Uh, Chip, you're on the clock with the Denver Broncos. They need uh, potentially a quarterback, and, and Chip. Look again. Chip's not, you know, neck deep on these depth charts. So we'll, we'll give him a little buzz. But uh, a quarterback has been a, a spot that they've looked at. Ryan has Ryan's reported on this podcast. I believe that that uh, 
that John Elway loves Drew Locke, but you could potentially give them uh, really anything because they're, they're, they need help at cornerback. I think they, their front seven still needs a little bit of help, even with Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb there, and then certainly offensive line. Probably not wide receiver would, or running back would not be a good pick there. Um, did you guys know that it's really, really hard to get a whole lot of tackles when you're a defensive lineman? Like your tackle number is not going to be the same as a uh, as a linebacker or a safety. Uh, but in 2017, Boston College defensive lineman Zach Allen wow. got 100 tackles. You search the national uh, – on CFB stats, if you search uh, 2017 national tackle leaders, it's like linebacker, 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 DB. And then there at 100 tackles, Zach Allen. The dude is everywhere, and he's been coming up. Like the Boston College player development – is maybe top four good in the ACC, Brinson? Mm-hmm. Like I would say in terms yeah. of what they get and then the pros that they're turning out right now, like all other players in this draft class include Hamp Cheevers. Hamp, man, but uh, yes. Dude, these, they've got a couple safes. Hamp, Lucas Hamp, Dennis, Hamp, Hamp is Chief, one of them. Hamp Cheevers is my cousin. Uh, huh. we, we were to boarding school together. Did you really? No, this is Hamp, no. Hamp Chivas. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea. He was held back a few times. If uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> true, I, I thought you were going to ref him as a Macaulay. Uh, as I, I don't remember where he came out of high school, but Boston College might be a place where you land. But anyway, uh, Boston College coaches have done a great job of preparing players for the pros. Zach Allen kind of came out of nowhere as a star defensive lineman for them. First getting work when. Shoot, who was the defensive end last year to come out of Boston College? Uh, Harold Landry. Harold Landry got injured during his last year with Boston College for like four or five games. Zach Allen really broke out, and um, and I, I I like him. I think so. I'll, I'll go with Zach Allen. I was right. I was debating between him and Christian Wilkins and Jeffrey Simmons. Nice. This, and I'll like go with Zach, Zach Allen. Allen. That's the first Zach Allen first round mention I think we've had all uh, podcast season. Uh, well, no, hey, look, the, uh, the, the Broncos could use some defensive line help. They certainly have, um, we don't know what they're going to do either. They're, you know, they'll be running Vic Fangio's defense. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Look, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Vic Fangio coming in if they added another defensive player. Although, uh, certainly they could, they could still draft a quarterback. Uh, I like that. Zach Allen. I had him going late in the first round, but that's, that's the highest I've heard of. That says a lot about his prospects. Ryan, you are on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor is sticking with Red Romo, Andy Dalton, for the remainder of his contract because it's so cheap. So he's going with LSU's Devin White. Great player. You just Best thought. linebacker in the SEC, you think, Chip? Uh, are we counting Josh Allen? Middle linebacker, like inside guy. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 for sure. Best, I mean. Because I think Mac Wilson was in that conversation for a while, and I feel like Mac Wilson sort of lost that race midway through the season. Yep. All right, good. I feel good about that then. I love, I love Devin White. They say he doesn't process things as fast as Mac Wilson, but it seems like to me he's so athletic that it doesn't matter. He can sort of make up for it. Mac Wilson can... wasn't the best linebacker on his own team. Uh, Dil- Dylan Moses was, and you guys can keep your money hungry paws off of him for another season. He was a true <laughs> sophomore this year. Um, good for him not having eligibility. I just heard a loud noise and ruckus coming into my house. I thought my son was busting up into my, my office to like disrupt this podcast. Nope. Just my wife's friend Grace here. Wonder what could be going on down there. Anything. Literally anything is on the table. Um, by the time I get done with this podcast, everyone could be drunk and dead for all I know. You know, any, anything is on the table. Uh, at number 12, I get the Green Bay Packers 
And I'm going to stick with my mock draft pick here, mainly because it pissed off a bunch of Packers fans on Twitter. Uh, and you know what, Packers fans? I'm going to piss you off again. We're taking TJ Hawkinson, tight end. What about of, that? I don't know, because they're idiots. They're like, we got Jimmy Graham. It's like, Jimmy Graham is old and washed, man. Jimmy Graham was great. The other thing that's going around is like, it's like the NFL throwback. It's like, quote, tweet this of the player who used to be great. How about Jimmy Graham? Because he used to be great. He's not great anymore. TJ Hawkinson is a monster. If you look at what Iowa did with George Kittle, they did a terrible job of, of getting the most out of him in college. And I think that you could say the same thing um, with uh, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. They didn't produce. Like if those guys had played tight end at, I mean, I'm not, not Bama because Bama didn't, you know, they didn't use um, O.J. Howard either. But like if you played him at a school that throws the ball around, TJ Hawkinson is coming out of here. There's like a potential top five pick because he has 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns in the season. Uh, instead, you just have to project a little bit. He can block. Talked to George Kittle about him. Said he thinks he will make the, the leap very easily. And uh, I like Hawkinson here as a as a inline weapon to improve the run game and the pass game for the Packers. Am I too high on him, Chip? Yes, yeah. I, I I think I think he was definitely uh, at the position. He stands out among his peers and is rightly rated. I I do not think that there was anything that I saw from a performance standpoint that would make me suggest first round is worth it. I just I think there are more uh, unique players who are truly who you got. You like Noah Fant better? Oh, I that, I said his spot among that the tight ends is correct. I just don't think that he's oh, I guess good, he good enough against uh, everyone else that to would warrant, still be on the board at this point to warrant it. Okay. So Chip was part of the people tweeting at you, Brent. So yes, it's Chip's like 22 Packers burners accounts. Uh, <laughs> Chip, you were on the clock with the Miami Dolphins at number 13. Again, anything is acceptable with Miami because who the hell is – Chris Greer is in charge now. They hired uh, Brian Flores. He's, they said they could, quote-unquote, fall in love with the quarterback during the draft process, so that's something to keep in they mind. They haven't ruled but, out cutting Ryan Tannehill yet. He has no guaranteed money on his. He's getting cut. Yeah, he's getting cut. He has, I believe he has. Let me confirm. I'm pretty sure. I, I get him and Andy Dalton's things mixed up. He's got a lot more money coming his way. Oh, no, he's getting cut. He has a $26 million cap hit this year, right. and they could save $13 million, and he's getting cut. Please, you're out of here. You're gone. Get out of here. Uh, who, what do you think, Chip? Uh Six four three hundred and fifty one. It's kind of hard to move, and so I'm going with Dexter Lawrence. I just I, I don't know what Miami has in terms of their defensive line right now, but that <laughs> it guy it doesn't it's, matter because <laughs> everything's everything's available. Yeah, that was like um, people. We talked about Clemson's defensive line after the PED suspension came out, and then, you know how how are you going to replace him? Oh, Clemson's got so many good defensive linemen. It, they can just pull up another guy who's going to be in the NFL one day too. And while that's true, I do think that there was an aspect of like, yeah, but those other guys aren't six, four, 350 pounds. I mean, I interview, I've interviewed Dexter Lawrence several times over the years. And when you're just standing next to him, that is a, it is such a, it's a lot of human being that displays incredible amounts of athleticism out on the field. Also, and to think that all of that could move like it does um, is special. Also, he's 21. Yeah. Like he, and he's been productive at Clemson for three years, and he's 21. Um, da, uh, Dabo, da, da, Dabo. Dabo Sweeney said uh, in the last 48 hours, if you're listening to this, that Clemson may have unknowingly given Dexter Lawrence and other players the performance-enhancing drugs that caused them to be suspended for the title game, in which their absence didn't matter one iota because they smashed Alabama into oblivion. 
kind of hilarious that they're now playing like oh, we might have accidentally given them drugs that made them stronger. Whoops. Um, you know, we, what, what are you going to do about it? Uh, somebody needs to take a deep dive into this. I'm charging Suck you with that Nick chip. Saban. Yeah, I'm charging you with that chip. This is your all-season thing. Bring down Clemson, uh, preferably in the immediate future for Atlantic Division purposes. Uh, but I, I love Dexter Lawrence here. I wouldn't be fine. I would be fine if Dexter Lawrence went top five. You better bring down a bunch of other teams too if you got NC State on your mind. Maybe I was thinking about uh, Syracuse, Ryan. How do you know? <laughs> I ain't worried about uh, what's my guy's name? Dino. Dino, thank you, Dino Babers. I ain't worried about Dino. By the way, one of the chip and uh, Barton and Tom's things on their podcast is to constantly trot back out Dino's. Uh, I want you to close your eyes and imagine. Yes. And imagine. He, <laughs> what are you doing? He is the most popular person in Syracuse. People love Dino. Of course, coming after uh, all the stiffs that they had before him. Orange is the what is it? Orange is the new fast. Yeah, that's good. Oh, is that, is that, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's good. Um, you were on the clock, Ryan. Oh, sweet. I timed this perfectly. You were on the clock with the, uh, with the Atlanta. Oh, no, I didn't time this. Dang it. I screwed it up. You're on the f- clock with the Atlanta Falcons yeah. at, uh, number. Yeah, the way this is falling, the quarterbacks are not going off the board. So this is going to be interesting because we're getting towards crunch time here in terms of team state quarterbacks. Uh, the Falcons, if you ask Pete Briscoe, we're all set at quarterback. I'm not going to take one for, for Matt Ryan. I'm taking my guy, uh, Jeffrey S. Simmons out of Mississippi State. I love Jeffrey Simmons. You like his hips? Love his hips. Tom Pernelli gave me that little tidbit, sharing it with you guys. Thank you, Tom. Um, I, I don't know anything about his hips, but I do know he's a big monster of a man, and that makes sense. He can play on the interior. Uh, for a team that needs interior pass rush and run stuff help, you think that's a good fit, Chip? Yeah, for sure. Je- Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat were awesome all year. Mississippi State's defense was so much fun to watch play, and it all started up front. And so I, I have uh, – I've got limit. If if a team wanted to question Jeffrey Simmons for whether they wanted to bring him in based on his conduct history, then I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to say that you're out of place just because there's so many other good defensive linemen that are also available here. But everything that he's done at Mississippi State and the coaches at Mississippi State, two different coaching staffs, Dan Mullen and uh, Joe Moorhead, after that, just spoke really highly about him and the way that he committed himself to uh, turning his career around. So, so right, Chip. So he 2016, there's a high school thing where he physically assaulted a woman, I think, excuse <clears throat> me, kind of video. Yep. But everything since seems to be on the level. He's given back. He's said and done all the right things. And that's that's what you're getting at? Yes. Gotcha. All right. Um, I am on the clock 15 for the Washington Redskins. We are sprinting. Well, we actually had a long debate in the war room about this. We're taking a quarterback. Question is which quarterback? Kyler Murray's there, but I don't know if the mojo of drafting a Heisman Trophy winning mobile big armed quarterback uh, out of the Big Twelve in the first round is necessarily what we want to do here in Washington. Um, we are debating between Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, and at the end of the day, because Alex Smith is probably never going to play football again or potentially never play football again, certainly looks like a long shot to play in 2019, we are going to take the guy we think is most ready to win right now because Bruce Allen needs to not get fired, Jay Gruden needs to not get fired. We think Daniel Jones is that guy. Give us Daniel Jones out of Duke. Am I insane, Chip? Maybe. You might be. That's because. Fine. Duke Duke did not uh, meet or exceed its expectations on the field because Daniel Jones did not take the step forward that everyone just assumed was going to happen. Hey, all all July, hey, he's finally fully healthy, no injury problems. He's as confident as he's been. He's become a leader in the locker room, and I just didn't see it on the field. And so if if you 
if you doubt Daniel Jones, it's probably because you have seen for three years at least what appear to be all the tools never come together for 12 straight games. Okay. All right, that's fine. Look, I think the Redskins are going to take a quarterback here, and it's going to be an immediate mistake, and that quarterback's going to get battered behind a offensive line that can't stay healthy and a group of receivers that now will not feature Jameson Crowder, the easiest target to throw to with that group. Uh, Chip, you're on the clock with the Carolina Panthers at number 16. Are Panthers still uh, interested in collecting offensive weapons? They are. Okay, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss. Okay, AJ Absolutely dynamite player. I mean, just so they first D- wide receiver off the board too baby aj brown and dk metcalf both of them coming out of ole miss are going to be pros for a lot like they're they're gonna you know what they're gonna be fantasy studs guys that you're always uh looking at and trying to think about uh if, if they're going to be your wide receiver two or wide receiver three in those early years of their career because they are so prolific big play threat um and as you're trying to give cam newton more weapons aj brown He's he's a player that can be there. Now I will say, AJ Brown probably better as a deep threat. If Cam can't throw the deep ball anymore, uh, that would be concerning. But I still think he's talented enough of a player that uh, that you uh, that, that you commit to him to try and bring some spark to the offense. If Cam can't throw the deep ball anymore, the whole operation screwed anyway. So well, then in that case, draft Kyler Murray, Cam's oh. replacement. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. his eyes lit up. He's going to use that this week. <laughs> Oh, I hadn't thought about using that. Again, <laughs> uh, I would get crucified around here. Uh, Ryan, you're on the clock with the, ah, wow. Feels weird. Cleveland Browns. Uh, did they trade down? What, what's happening? No, know, right? they actually had the 17th overall pick. Wow. All right. You're on the clock. They are taking this year's Josh Gordon. Chip just mentioned him. DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Love DK Metcalf. He's healthy. He had a neck issue. If he's healthy, I think it's go time. Baker Mayfield will lead the Browns to the AFC North Championship and perhaps even the Super Bowl with DK Metcalf. Wow. Super Bowl. You yes. already know. You should, that should be your title for your mock draft. Yeah, Browns right. land pick that gets them Super Bowl win. That'll get you some clicks. Uh, I'm on the clock with the Minnesota Vikings. I've also had a, a interesting time with Vikings fans on social media. They seem, they're mad that I keep giving them, um, like they're like, why would we take a defensive player? We need offensive lineup. It's like you haven't even seen free agency or the combine. They keep drafting cornerbacks. Don't tell me that Mike Zimmer won't draft a cornerback. Um, having said that, I am going to take an offensive lineman, Jawan Taylor out of Florida, uh, who we were surprised to see on the board with this pick. Um, the Vikings, I think, given what they did last offseason, maybe more inclined, maybe a little bit nervous that they want to protect Kirk Cousins um, and get better in the run game in terms of uh, being able to 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 you know, push the pile. And so I could see them uh, being a little concerned and, and, and drafting for need and going offensive linemen. I like it. Good with me. All right, cool. I mean, uh, Tennessee to chip? Yeah. yeah, Tennessee to chip. Give me DeAndre Baker. Another, uh, that's a player who will, um, make up for other scouts will look at DeAndre Baker and say he's too short or too slow, but he can lay the wood great in stepping up and in like unafraid to take on a ball carrier, very physical, great knack for the ball and, uh, stud cornerback that again, just totally shifted the way that Kirby Smart's Georgia team played played by putting a lot of responsibility on DeAndre Baker and you just didn't really see him get beat much. So um, I feel like when I'm getting DeAndre Baker, that is a player who can start 
no joke, start for like five or six seasons. Hmm, I like it. All right, uh, Ryan, you're on the clock with the – oh, look at how that played out for you. Perfect. Perfect. Pittsburgh and this is going to make you very happy because the Steelers are kicking Antonio Brown at the curb, and they're taking uh, your boy, Kelvin Harmon. Love it. Kelvin Harmon's a man. He's 40. He's going to run a fast 40. I think he's going to get drafted higher than this. Um, I'm, I'm biased. I would like to say experience, but I think that Kelvin Harmon – has the ability to be a top 10 at some point wide receiver in the NFL. I just think he needs to clean himself up. I mean, you know, he doesn't necessarily have like the, the pure vertical speed that you would want, but he is so. He runs by people all day long. I was at that Syracuse game. I'm with you. Sitting in the press box and guys are knock- that's, the, that's the knock on him is that he might not be. Well, they say Debo Samuel's slow too. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Chip, what do you think about Harmon? Uh, I think that he's got as much go up and get it. As any wide receiver in this draft class, he's built. He's built like a power forward. I think that he is. He's like DK Metcalf to me. Yep. He's like a DK Metcalf's 1.0, and and I think Kelvin's like 1.2. Okay. Like they're really close to each other. Uh, Seattle Seahawks to me at 21. Man, we're flying right now, but not fast enough. Nasir Adderley, safety out of Delaware. I'm doing this strictly for the hipster value. I'm gonna be honest. Nasir Adderley flying up draft boards. Ryan's been chatting him up. Small school, Delaware. Feels like the type of pick the Seahawks would make, and uh, they of course have to replace Earl Thomas. Cam Chancellor gone last off season, so I, I think I would not be surprised. Anything the Seahawks do in the first round never surprises me, but it, uh, to me it would make sense. Chip, you're on the clock, uh, 22 with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so we've got uh... the Ravens are a hard one to figure out, honestly. I so, mean, I, so I was thinking about um... wide receivers, fine. Um... I think anything defensively. Edge rusher, they're going to lose uh, Darius Smith and uh, Terrell Suggs. Uh, so Darius Smith is a free agent, and Suggs could certainly retire, right? He's not a free agent, is he? I'm Both. still got. Uh, what, what are the pros thinking? I, I'm going to stick the the pick here, but I'm more curious. Where does Montez Sweat? Terrell that's Suggs. my pick for the Ravens. Terrell Suggs that's is a, great a pick. free agent. Yeah, Montez Sweat. Man, the Ravens might stink next year. Yeah, no, hey, get out of here. What if Lamar Jackson doesn't take a step forward? They're still second in the division. The Steelers are doo-doo. Unless they get Kelvin Harmon, of course. Listen, you can be an unimpressive football team and still make the playoffs. I think the, I don't sure. think the Ravens will be an impressive football team next year, but they could still make the playoffs. I, I love the Montez Sweat pick there, by the way. How are they, are they gonna tag, they can't tag Zadarius Smith, right? Could, it just cost them a lot of money. What do you mean? I mean, they're losing CJ Mosley too? I think, yeah. I think Their what they said, they're gonna let Smith test the market, see what it is, and then go from there. He's going to get a lot of money on the market. So they're not going to tag him because they want to see what the market does. They're losing Brent Urban, Terrell Suggs, Darius Smith, and C.J. Mosley, and then John Brown on offense. Man, they might stink next year. We'll see. Uh, Montez Sweat's good pick. All right, you're on the clock with the Texans, Ryan. Taking uh, my guy, Cody Ford, out of Oklahoma. That Sean is... Watson was sacked 62 times last year. so they need <laughs> yeah. to... Fun <laughs> fact, every mock draft in the entire offseason has the Texans taking an offensive lineman. And it should. Uh, Chip, you're up for the Raiders again at number 24. Wow, are you getting all three Raiders? No, you're up, Brenton. I'm up for the Raiders this time. Of course, I knew that. Um, Cody Ford is getting better. We have only seen the beginning of him really being uh, a stud, and that entire Oklahoma offensive line, almost one through five, impressed me this year. Where do you Uh, think uh, Ford's best position is? I don't, I mean, I liked him as a guard just because, uh, Lincoln runs a lot of, <laughs> Lincoln pulls a lot of guards. You know, he, he runs a lot of like crazy action where we're trying to get you to, to follow this, this way so that we can run this the other way. 
and as he's running uh, all the power and all the counter. I mean, it's just seeing Cody Ford out in space leveling some undersized Iowa State linebacker is just awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, I'm going to do something a little crazy here with the Raiders' second first-round pick. So if I'm John, if I'm John Gruden, I'm like, man, my team. So they're taking Clee Farrell already, just so we're clear. That is correct, and I'm going to pair him with Christian Wilkins, who also That's went to Clemson. It. Double click, like, like, why not? You're the Raiders, and you stink on defense. Go get the best defense in football from the college, and get use two of your first round picks to get Clemson players. And there I'm, is precedent. There's precedent for this. The Atlanta Falcons took both Vic Beasley and Grady Jarrett. That's a great point. That's right. Boom. Yeah, and uh, that almost got everybody fired. Um, but <laughs> Vic Beasley is a free agent. Vic Beasley's kind of busted out. I think that Wilkins and, and Farrell have a much higher upside, uh, or at least a much higher floor, I guess. Beasley's upside's unlimited, but he's been, he's been bad. Um, he led the league in sacks one year and then he didn't do anything last year. It's weird. I like this. I like going out, go out and get some Clemson players, add them to your defense and you're immediately better. Uh, you, chips on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts? No, he's on the clock with the Eagles. I'm not. You know what? On, you're right. You're right. Yep, yep, my fault. My fault. They're calling um, the Eagles at 25. Come on, Goodell. <laughs> the Eagles at 25, we are going to go with, from Stanford, open up my eager eyes. It's our Sega White Side. <laughs> she was like running around his office or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, JJ Arcega Whiteside from Stanford. Oh, I love JJ. I yeah. haven't heard JJ in a while. That's right. He's sort of falling out of the the mock draft uh, first round. All right, Ryan, I think Ryan it, sounds like you're getting a little sheepy here. It, it doesn't, doesn't Philadelphia need, like, I feel like all of their offensive skill position dudes are, are guys that they just got in off this open box deals. They got a whole bunch of open box specials for wide receivers outside of Alshon Jeffrey. That is correct. Yeah, they uh, they they acquired Alshon Jeffrey on a one year deal in free agency, and then uh, and then resigned him to a longer deal. Mike Wallace, uh, he's like that. He's like a forty two inch box TV at Best Buy at this point. Um, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> two two hundred. It was like well, twenty nine ninety nine. 42-inch box set TV. Golden Tate, they traded a third-round pick for, but now he's a free agent. Um, and then Nelson Aguilar, a former first-round pick. They, Jordan Matthews, they brought back, who they drafted back in 2014. And then Mac Hollins out of Carolina. So, yes, they need some more weapons for Carson Wentz. Yeah, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Right. Love you, it. You were on the clock with the Colts, Ryan. Or am Finally, I my guy gets drafted. Uh, Byron uh, Murphy. Their right. defense was good. It uh, wasn't great. They can be better with Byron. I cannot disagree with that. I am on the. Am I on the clock with the Raiders again? Who's? All right, yeah, I am. Give me another. Uh, is there, are we out of Clemson players? Is there anybody no. else? Who? No, you still got yeah. Austin Bryant, and get you still get. You can get Trey Lamar. You can get uh, Trevon Mullen in the back. Is that his name? Yeah, Trevon yeah. Mullen. I don't like Trevon Mullen as first round pick, but some people apparently do. So if you want to draft him, go for it. No, but you he, know what? I'm going to draft another Iowa tight end, Noah Fant. I'm going to take him in the first round. Uh, I, I know that he needs probably needs to get better at blocking, I believe, is his sort of his strength. But, like, I can't. Hey, does anyone care if Jared Cook blocks? No. And Jared Cook is walking out. They need weapons. They traded Amari Cooper, of course. They need weapons for uh, for Derek Carr. And I can hear Mike Mayock spitting draft vernacular at this press conference about Noah Fant and his upside and his ability to play in line. And this kid, I'm telling you, this kid is just special. Like, when you see him, it's my eyes light up, guys. Uh, so uh, moving along to the Los Angeles Superchargers. Chip, you're on the clock. Someone who, with playing behind 
uh, a very, very good defensive line gives you some opportunities to to step up and, and create game-changing plays. And I think that's what Devin Bush is going to do from the linebacker position for the Los oh. Angeles Chargers. Uh, another, he's, didn't he, he got hurt in the last game of the season. Am I correct about that? So he might be coming back from injury. There could be con- some concern on that front, but th- I mean, I, I believe that he played almost since the moment he set foot on campus and he's flashed. He's the, he, he and Rashawn Gary, this was a fun aspect of watching Michigan defense over the last couple of years. He and Rashawn Gary were top recruits. They came in, uh, they played almost instantly and they still like, were, they had better closing speed than anybody else on the defense, even as freshmen. And that's where you could tell that there was a talent gap and that all of a sudden Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush were so much better than the players that you're used to getting at, at Michigan because they would just chase down Indiana running backs from across the field and be able to still catch up to them and make the play. I, I really like Devin Bush as a player. feels like he's going to be really consistent as a pro. Uh, Ryan, you're up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs need to get physical. On defense. Let's get physical. Do you know my dad would let, <laughs> let us you, watch Chief. that video growing up because it was too I believe that. suggestive. Sure. Leg warmers were a no-go in the Wilson household. <laughs> uh, and for it. More focused, <laughs> driven, less distracted by the hedonistic Un- unwilling, <laughs> to di- unwilling to dive in and sing with me and Chip when I start singing it. Ryan just oh, I, I loved Olivia Newton-John. She was my jam, but yeah. I had to do it on the down low back in the day. <laughs> All right. Who do you do with the Chiefs? Yeah, so I'll be interested to see what Chip, think, Chip thinks about this because we talked about this team earlier, this college team, and how they only had one player. But a guy who's super raw but physical, strong, has all the things you like in a cornerback in a at the next level, just needs to work on it. But there's some buzz that he might be a first-rounder, especially after a senior bowl. Lonnie Johnson, Jr. out of Kentucky. Lonnie Johnson, Jr. Wow. Look at that. So that was So this is a, a late senior bowl riser? Yeah, well, people were there. Were, there was buzz about him towards the end of the the college football season. Interesting. Him and Mike Edwards and Derek Beatty. That's their secondary. A lot of people like those guys. And Lonnie Johnson, who's like six one, probably two oh five, something like that. And you know, they talk about the hips, Chip, with, with Lonnie. So they they like the way his his, his hips swiveled, if you will. This guy and, um, sensual he, quickly. Yeah, hips, I, leggings. Let's this, get this. This physical. might be. Uh, this might be exposing a, a fault or a downside of just sort of the, the the profession or the way we cover it or whatever. But like, I just don't think that Lonnie Johnson was in the conversation. Like, even w- when you were filling out all SEC teams for even right. first or second team, like no, I, that's right. I agree with you 100. percent I don't think that among SEC cornerbacks, he didn't seem like a top five. Guy, and so I will say this: like uh, Amani Oruweria, the guy at Penn State, I I wanted to like, and when I watched him play, I was like, okay, eh. he's doing the things I need him to do to be a first round pick. So um, I'm not sold on Lonnie Johnson Jr., but the word on the street is that um, some folks like him. I mean, that could change, of course, but right now, the um, the Chiefs need some physicalness in the back of the back into that defense. So he can't catch, but he can run. All yeah. right, three picks remaining in this mock draft. At number 30, the Green Bay Packers. I am up, and I uh, I have no idea what I want to do here. If I go with, um, hmm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something unconventional. I'm trade gonna, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, a little, not quite that unconventional. I am going to trade with an unnamed team 
as of right now, I'm trading back into the first round. Somebody's coming up to get Kyler Murray. What do you think about that? I don't think Kyler Murray can fall this far. I don't think somebody would let the Patriots pluck him at 32. Your thoughts? I was going to draft him at 32, so you're right. I was going to draft him at 31. Ooh. With the Rams? Ooh, Jared Goff yeah. was going to get the boot. <laughs> Wait, were yeah. you really? I love yeah, absolutely. No, you weren't. Sean McVay looked at that very, very basic skill set that he has, and he saw the very expanded skill set. He saw the pages. He saw his pa- his the Page pages of his playbook triple <laughs> with Kyler Murray. Are you like, serious? You were going to draft Kyler Murray for the Rams? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, then now I'll just take Brian Burns for the Packers and let you do that. That's a much better. No, no, no. You take you take that. You take Kyler Murray. I think that if the Packers, the Packers got this pick by trading, trading down with the Saints last year in that deal where the Saints came and got Marcus Davenport. And the Saints may have done the right thing because Davenport was a good player and it's only 30th overall. But I think that the, the point being is that you see the willingness to trade down here. The Packers already have gotten one first round pick. I think they'd be willing to move down. I think it's a prime spot for somebody to move up and get Kyler Murray. Uh, maybe it'll be, hey, uh, um, ain't playing forever either though. They Maybe they draft Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, Packers take Kyler. All right, that's what we'll do for the podcast purposes. Packers take Kyler Murray. The chips claim was much bolder, I think. Jared yeah. Goff they just drafted. Yeah, I know. I'm mad that I see you, Jared. <laughs> um, all right, Chip, uh, you're in the I kind of feel like uh, I I'm with you because uh, Tom Fernelli, who we've mentioned a couple times on here, uh, his starting point is Kyler Murray will not be a first rounder. Like he is. He is starting from that position, and I, like, out the gate, I told him, I was like, I don't disagree with your assessment that maybe he should not be a first-rounder. But he will be a first-rounder. I do not believe that NFL teams will be, like, NFL teams will not be able to help themselves. Correct. He will be a first-round pick. I, 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 I agree with you 100%. I don't, I don't know if he should be a first, I know I heard, like, um, uh, you know, Albert Breer was on, Ryan Rosillo's podcast, and he said that he hadn't talked to anybody who's given him a first round grade. I don't think anybody's come out and said he has a first round grade. Like, I mean, is he? He's not your best quarterback, is he, Ryan? I have a number two behind Dwayne, but we don't know what he's doing. He won't even commit to anything. Yeah, he's giving three word answers. Um, okay, so uh, what are you doing at thirty one, Chip? Since I Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, with speed you can't teach. And uh, swagger that is unmatched. And I I don't know this for a fact, but considering how much confidence that young man has and his vertical height limitations, I feel like he's a good fighter too. I'm just gonna say that just just guessing because he's he's very diminutive when you see him uh, in in plain clothes. But man, ton of energy, ton of enthusiasm, and obviously the speed in the production uh, was. Was shown. He had a bad game against Alabama. He was coming back from injury, and that was a bummer. A bunch of his family was in town for it, and uh, I think it was a little bit of a homecoming game for him as well. But I, I look back at the season, and I feel like Marquise Hollywood Brown is just instantly going to make your offense so much better. And I don't – are the Rams – the Rams have an – like somewhat aging? Wait, what does their wide receiver room look Cup's like? coming back. Yeah, Cobb uh, is young. It's Josh not, Reynolds is young, but he's not dynamic. Yeah, it's not a position to need, but I mean, I don't think it'll stop him. Brandon Cooks it. just signed that long deal. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 a young, it's a pretty young group of wide receivers. But um, but hey, Sean McVay was going to take Kyler Murray. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, look, look, this is something that people and, and we're going to wrap up this podcast with one more pick. But this is something that people need to not get too hung up on is if you draft a wide receiver in 2019 at the 31st overall pick. 
if he's great in 2022, don't get hung up on what he does in 2019. You've got receivers. Smart teams are planning three years ahead of time when, you know, like Robert Woods is going to want a new deal or Brandon Cooks is, is, you know, lost a step or, um, you know, I mean, like smart teams are thinking ahead of time. They're not just thinking into next year. And the Rams, I think, are a smart team. So nothing wrong with taking a wide receiver there. Ryan, you're on the clock to wrap this bad boy up with the New England Patriots. Are you asleep? No, I'm counting. Okay, here we go. Did we, Last did one. We miss, did we miss something? No, no, no. I was, I was just doing. You know, we talked about how this is a defensive heavy draft. Yeah. By the time we're all said and done, we're going to take fourteen offensive players in the first round. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. We said it was a defense heavy draft, and Chip said if you want to take an offensive player, you have to bypass better prospects. I do think this is a, a, a draft where I would not be surprised at all if the Patriots, Packers, and Seahawks. At bare minimum, maybe the Ravens too, all traded down knowing that once you get past maybe like the top five, it's sort of to me right now, it's a mall between like 15 and 50. Yep, no, that's right. Uh, and on that note, I have the Patriots taking Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, you just want to give the Patriots a quarterback. Well, I mean, every few years they do that. They do with Jimmy GQ, and if, if it looks like that Brady's going to play five more years, they'll just swap, swap him for a second round pick in a couple of years and, you know, as you said, trade back and do something else. All right, so there you have it. So we had four quarterbacks taken, 14 offensive players taken. Uh, the Packers and Patriots both drafted a quarterback. This is a, a click view, a page view uh, mock draft Monday podcast. We're going to blow this thing up, write a post on it. I'll get some traffic. Come after you, John Breach. Don't you worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Not kidding. At all. I don't know. I don't even know where I finished in traffic last month. Who even keeps track of these things? Where, uh, where? Us, Ryan and I. We're the ones that don't keep track of it. <laughs> Thank you, Chip. Brent <laughs> is lying. At least everybody <laughs> knows I'm a liar. Um, all right. Anything you guys want to plug? Chip, the Cover Three podcast. Ryan, CBS Sports Senior, NFL Draft Expert. Stop it. Mock Draft's coming out Monday. Uh, we'll also, also, we've got the first cut podcast, CBS's Ooh, golf podcast, that's right. which, uh, which I have produced. Jim is the Jim Nance of the podcast world. He is everywhere. So, uh, we'll be wrapping up the action from Pebble Beach with a, uh, a Sunday night podcast recording with Kyle Porter. So you're going to have to record that after we eat dinner. Yeah. Man, you got a busy Sunday. Very busy Sunday. Is, uh, is Parker coming to dinner with us? Parker is coming to dinner. As long as AK is going. That was, that was the rule set out from the, the start. She's like, uh, is AK going? Because if not, I'm not going. Uh, AK is coming. I have some very bad news for you, Chip. Are you aware of the situation on the golf course? Is it a weather delay? It is a weather delay. Mm. That's suboptimal, right? Well, I, I mean, my Chip's bedtime is set. <laughs> <Weather>. <laughs> Paul, Paul Casey and Phil Mickelson are the uh, leaders. They haven't teed off yet. Oh, I, I, then we've got a chance of pushing it to Monday, that, which is Gucci. Then I'm off the hook. Yeah, this sounds like a Monday situation. Um, I had Spieth. I took Spieth for a uh, unit to win this tournament, and he looked like he was in Jordan Spieth. And he looked like he was in good shape. Now, not so much. He melted down on Saturday with a 74. Thanks, Jordy. Not going to pick you to win the U.S. Open. Um, he had three. He had three birdies on the front nine. Then he had the double bogey at like 14, yeah. and then it fell apart after it was that. Crash. And by the way, this is the course for the U.S. Open. I don't know why we're talking about this on, a, on an NFL podcast. That's already an hour. You and said we're going to plug. I'm cross promoting. No, no, I like the cross promotion. I like it. Check Last out the time cover- Pell Beach had the uh, U.S. Open. Uh, yeah, Tori. Uh, no, uh, I don't Wait. know. No, 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 no. That was Tori. Yeah, Tiger's ACL was Tori. What's Pell yeah. Beach? 2000, wasn't it? Is that Tiger too? No, I think is that the last time the Pebble Beach had the US Open? Because that's back when I was that was when golf was in my wheelhouse. 
Um, you trying to get back in? Hey, hey, Ryan, if, if you want to add anything to your plate and uh, be the Jim Nance, you could come join us for some live vlogging of golf tournaments. Here. I think Ryan just volunteered. I think Ryan just volunteered to, to do it. I used to be the, the, the golf editor at Fan House. Brinson used to work for me back in the day. That's how long ago that was. That's true. Now he doesn't return my calls. Uh, that's also true. All right, let's get out of here for Chip Patterson, for Ryan Wilson. I'm Will Brinson. Thanks for listening to this Mock Draft Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with the little Brady Quinn football show. Talk to you guys later.